Hey, how's it going? My name is Steve Durr, and I'm here with Zach Frederick. And we are talking about Daniel chapter 9, starting at verse 20 and going all the way to verse 29. So we're finishing up Daniel chapter 9. And so I'll start reading this for the first three verses, and then Zach will pick it up. Daniel writes this. I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, pleading with the Lord, my God, for Jerusalem, his holy mountain. As I was praying, Gabriel, whom I had seen in the earlier vision, came swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice. He explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. The moment you began praying, a command was given, and now I am here to tell you what it was, for you are very precious to God. Listen carefully so that you can understand the meaning of your vision. Period of 70 sets seven has been your holy city. Finish. Put an end to their sins to atone for their guilt. Bring in everlasting righteousness to confirm the prophetic vision and to anoint. Them. Now listen and understand. Seven sets of seven plus 62 sets of seven will pass from the time the command is to rebuild Jerusalem until a ruler, the anointed one. Jerusalem will be rebuilt streets and strong defenses, despite perilous times. After this period of 62 seven sets of seven, and the anointed one will be killed, appearing to have accomplished nothing, and a ruler will arise whose armies will destroy the city the end will come with a flood, war and its misery from that time to the very end. The ruler will make treaty people of period of one set of seven, but after half this time, he will put an end to the sacrifices and offerings. And as a climax to all their terrible deeds, he will set up a sacrilegious object that causes destruction until the fate for this defiler is finally poured out on him. All right. So, Zach, you were lucky enough to get all the math in that one. <laughs> and all of the big words. All the big words, all the math. Um, and so thanks for letting me get the easy part there. But in this passage, what kind of caught your attention in this passage uh, from Daniel and Gabriel then coming to talk about what's taking place? What kind of caught your attention? I think what kind of plays into this is uh, the verses previous where Daniel is praying, right? And it's, it's a moment of, of confession and pleading with God. This passage, 20 to 29, is a kind of a response of God. Daniel is previously confessing, repenting, um, not only of the sins of his own, but of the nation of Israel, kind of as like as someone in authority, as a leader saying, hey, we as the nation of Israel have fallen short and we understand that part of this exile is accountability for our sins. And so he's, he's standing up and a man who is perfect in every way it seems, as we've seen through Daniel, yeah. um, and is an example of a guy who probably you might think, ah, this guy doesn't he sin. He doesn't have anything to confess. He, he doesn't sin very often. Yeah. If there's someone that doesn't need to repent corporately and say, hey, hey it's on me, yeah. uh, it's, it's Daniel. And he says, he says, no, we've all fallen short, mm. myself in our community. Uh, and so, Lord, we come to you pleading and asking that you would forgive us. And that, hey, you said this exile is only going to last 70 years. Like, are we done yet? Where are we at? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just checking in, God. Just wondered how things are going. 
<laughs> it's hot. The, the furnace is hot a little bit. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can, can you rescue me yet? Exactly. So I, I love I love that you brought that up. I, and I, I was telling you beforehand, I don't tend to like corporate repentance in the sense of like, hey, corporately, we're all admitting to something that happened, particularly back in the past. You know, like Daniel came as a young man, like 15 years old or so from Jerusalem to Babylon. But here he is confessing for the sins of his people. And like you said, you wouldn't expect him to have to be the one to, he'd be like, you know what? That wasn't me. I don't need to confess that. So how do do you yourself, how do you respond in moments like corporate confession when you're like, am I really a part of this or not? Why is it important to be a part of that corporate confession uh, like for Daniel and for us? Yeah. I mean, I think that whether whether I live the best life ever, mm. I know that I'm still fallen, right? That uh, that I sin regularly, um, even on my best days. And so I think that uh, attaching yourself to the greater we of the church mm. and saying, hey, we recognize our brokenness. And sure, yeah, maybe we strive and, and we repent. Uh, but like corporately owning in front for all to see, there's nothing more profound than that, right? Mm. Like Often today, we, we see that the church is a very broken place. You can look at leaders all the time and their fall from grace. And how profound would it be for the church to, to stand up and say, like, hey, we recognize that we failed yeah. um, and we're not perfect. We're trying. The God who we seek and follow is perfect. Yeah. And so that's who we strive to be. But we recognize and know that we fail. Hmm. And the consequences of, of those actions are, are pain and sorrow for others whether it's intended or not. And so I think it's uh, it's a removal of sometimes the personal focus that we make our faith. Kind of that individualism yeah. that we're so attached like, to. I'm a part of a greater we, but yeah. sometimes that greater we does greater damage than just me. Yeah. You know? Well, that's good, man. That could be, I could put that on a t-shirt. Right. <laughs> the greater we isn't just me. And we yeah. do greater damage. That's a really good insight. For me, the, the passage, the part that really caught my attention was in verse 23, when Gabriel shows up, and, uh, you know, Daniel saying, as I was praying, Gabriel shows up in verse 21. And then he says in verse 23, Gabriel says, the moment you began praying, a command was given. And now I'm here to tell you what it was for you are very, pre-. first of all, I love this. You are very precious to God. I love that line. You are very precious to God. Um, listen carefully so you can understand the meaning of your vision. Another translation says you are greatly beloved by God. So I just love that the image here of prayer, it's kind of like a peeling back the curtain to recognize that in prayer, when we pray, God then responds. And sometimes we think, you know, what's going on? You know, we pray and we wonder like, what's really going on in heaven? What is God doing? Is he doing anything? But here, Daniel prays about Jerusalem. He's praying about the exile. He's praying. And the second he begins praying, even before he can even finish, a command from God goes out at the at the start of his prayer. So it just made me realize that God responds to our prayers. They're not meaningless. God reacts, responds. And then it's cool, though, like you were saying earlier to me, how God took the time then to send an angel to explain some right. of the answer, right? And it's like a conversation. You know, we always talk about, hey, prayer is a conversation. But how great is it that, like, yeah. it's an actual it's an conversation? Actual conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not like trying to hear the, the quiet voice of God. An right. actual angel shows up and probably talks in perfect British English, right, I yeah. imagine. You know? Me and Gabriel just chilling. You yeah, know? Have, a, have a shave, He's explaining Gavin. the things. Yeah, exactly. 
And so I just love that. And I think for me, it's, it encourages me to want to pray because the thought, the image that God responds and takes action at the first utterances of the prayer. I just, I love that. I love it. And, and it's because God is, sees us as his beloved, as his precious one. So I just, I love that imagery that Daniel had, um, that encouragement, even in the face of some news that wasn't so great, right? I mean, yeah. he's, they're going to stay in exile a little bit longer. For sure. Yeah. I mean, like, as we get into some of those, like, wild numbers. And as you talked about on, on Sunday with kind of the nature of this, the apocalyptic, apocalyptic literature, literature yeah. like, all right, like 70 sets of seven and yeah. 62 sets of seven. Like what, what does all that mean? And so, I mean, the answer is we don't know, like even the greatest scholars, there's, there's still mm. debate, but I think the number that kind of stuck out to me was like 70 times seven. We hear that in Matthew when yeah. we talk about forgiveness. Like when Peter's like, how often do I have to forgive my yeah. brother? Seven times? And Jesus like... 70 times seven. Yeah. Or 77 times, right? Yeah. Uh, so is it 490? 77 yeah. times? Yeah. Like, Whatever's less. Right. The, the, <laughs> the, and so it's like, it's, it's limitless, right? You shouldn't yeah. be counting. Right. And so like when you hear that in response to exile, you're like, oh, so like our exile is limitless. Mm. And it's kind of a reminder that like in this world sin has separated us. And so while the nation of Israel is exiled from the promised land, they'll eventually return. Mm. Um, but their relationship will never be the same because of our sinfulness, because of yeah. our brokenness, our relationship and separation will never be the same. That doesn't mean it can't be restored and it can't be mended. But while we're still here, we live in an, imperf- an imperfect world with rulers and kingdoms that are not of our own. Yeah. And that God has that heart of the 70 times seven uh, forgiveness that if we yeah. turn back to him, regardless of where we're at or what we've done, he forgives us. Yeah. Right. And it, it, that's just his grace abounds. Mind. Yeah. His grace abounds. Good. Well, um, thanks so much for listening uh, with us today. And hopefully it's been an encouragement to both confess at times with a greater sense of corporate view of confession, recognizing that there's a greater we than just me. And then also just to uh, respond in prayer. So uh, speaking of prayer, Zach, would you close us out? Yeah, of course. God, we thank you so much that you're a God who sees us, who hears us, uh, and you respond to our prayer. Lord, that uh, it might not always feel like in the immediate moment, uh, like we see here, uh, but we know that just like Gabriel, he was on his way, always moving and working uh, to respond to our calls. And so, Lord, we, we know that you're a God who hears us. And so we come before you faithfully each and every day to, to pursue, to hear from you, um, but to petition to you, Lord, help us, forgive us. We repent of our struggles and our sins, knowing that you're a God who's, who's holy and just. Also, you're a God who's gracious. And so we need your grace. We need your love. We need your forgiveness. And so we ask that we would feel that today uh, and that we would have the courage to, to come boldly before you and, and confess our sins so that we can be healed and whole. We just ask these things in your name. Amen. 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 Have a great day.